You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to trash since 1977. All right, everybody, welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. We are back and ready to talk about films Mm -hmm. that you've seen, maybe not seen, or maybe never want to see again. (laughs) How about that? That's a hot take. Uh, Which, uh, you know, sometimes is even us. But, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's just the reality of it. Um, But we should have some fun this week. This week we're doing uh, Beyond the Door uh, from 1974. Four. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, directed by Ovidio uh, G. Asinitis. Um Love saying that name. With a director credit from Richard Barrett, whoever that, or Robert Barrett, whoever that is. Yeah, uh, yeah, might yeah. be an American name for uh, Asinitis because I believe that film came out. Uh, he didn't have his name on it. It became a hit. He threw his name on it. True <laughs> producer move there. Ice cold move there. And uh, we're also doing Doom Asylum from 1988, directed by oh, Richard Friedman, which yes. is also going to be a fun conversation. That's an Arrow video release, um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about that as well. That's a bit. Of, that's become over the, I'd say the last decade, decade and a half, maybe that's become a bit of a cult movie. And I don't know. I, I'm going to assume because of Patty Mullen uh, mostly, uh, but I have some other theories as to why too, and I'll kind of get into that. Um, or we'll kind of get into that, I should say, because it's probably some of the things uh, you'll talk about as well. Um, it probably has to do with practical effects. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, ah. Actually, we'll talk about that here in a little while because we're going to do this one out of sequence. We're going to be doing Doom Asylum first and Beyond the Door second. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Fucking chaos. Yeah, because we're mixing it up over here at the GGTMC. How's that? You? Uh, yeah, happy 4th of July. You thought you were getting something? <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. Y- yeah, you ain't. You thought your fireworks were going to be beyond the door and then Doom Asylum? No, 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 Tough no, no, no. Titay, <laughs> yeah, titay. That's right, baby, titay. <laughs> <laughs> we are going so off teat today. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're way off teat. We were off uh, teat when we got up this morning. So yeah, well, 
I've been married a long time. I've been off the teat for a while. So, <laughs> well, that's you know, these are things you work on. <laughs> but we hope everybody's having a good time out there, enjoying the the Indeed. wonderful world of movies, uh, high definition or otherwise, and uh, all Indeed. the sales that are going on and breaking me in half with the uh, yeah Criterion. I just uh, blew a fucking wad of cash. Oh, did you? Did you? Nice, yeah. Nice. We'll have to talk about what you. Uh, picked up uh off the air here. i don't i don't even remember <laughs> yeah well that's well that that's that's a true collector right there that's uh if i had a dollar for every time i could remember what i actually ordered well first of all i don't have a dollar because i ordered so much there's that <laughs> but second of all i usually have to check my order two or three times i'm like did i order that one i don't remember if yeah, i ordered that yeah one. yeah <laughs> oh and yeah then they did, tell you like oh, oh it's like it, it ships in like three months you're like wait what yeah, yeah. But I need this now so that I can have it here for fucking ten years until I actually fucking get down to watching it. Uh, and then you know, there's the uh, good friends of the show, Troy and Brad. They'll I'll discuss with them movies, and uh, you know, between the three of us, we order so many movies that you know, sometimes I'll come home and there's something will be in the mail. My wife's like, "You got something?" I'm like, oh, "I didn't order anything." I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, that's right. I pre-ordered this like three months ago. That's right." <laughs> you lied, Pee Wee. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Definitely, but. It is a fun hobby. That's what I'll say. And I finally cracked yeah. open my Blu-ray of, uh, of of a film we're going to be covering uh, in a couple of weeks that I've owned almost since the format came out and uh, have never opened. So we'll talk about that when it happens. So. Okay, then. All right. We got a voicemail here from Walt, our Good resident deal. voicemail man. And, uh, Thank you, Walt. You're yes. a good egg. Yes, he is. And we're going to play it right now. Okay, here we go. what your wife says about you. Yeah. <laughs> or your boyfriend. I don't know. Here we go. I think it'll play. We're going to find out. Come on, Walt. Gentlemen, this is Walt. Uh, excited for your picks this week, uh, doing a Asinitis film. Uh, the man has an interesting filmography. One of the films he produced, uh, one of the craziest films of all time, of course, The Visitor. Had to look it up, and uh, you covered it way back uh, in January of 2014. Um, wow. Maybe <laughs> Tentacles in the wow. Future is a possibility. <laughs> Uh, uh, the other film, Doom Asylum, uh, starring Patty Mullins. Bit of trivia. Uh, one of the judges for the Sting-Rick Flair match at the first class of the champions <laughs> on TBS. And I presume she rode Space Mountain all night long. Look forward to the show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Woo! Steve, <Yeah. laughs> HR boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Asinitis, uh, did produce The Visitor. Uh, he, he did he, indeed. He's got his hands in a lot of craziness. Um, and, uh, we will talk about something else he produced, I think, during the review that a lot of people don't know he helped produce. Uh, although I don't think he has an official credit, but he did help get it made. So, um, he has a colorful career and he's still around. I don't know what he's doing nowadays, but he's still around. He's still out there. But yeah, Patty Mullins. Uh, she had her time in the in the sun in the spotlight there for a while, and it was a hell of a moment. But it was it was a hell of a moment. Uh, we talked about Frankenhooker a long time ago, which is a, indeed yeah. yeah a personal. And she was and she was really 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 good in it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, she's uh, obviously a beautiful woman, and then you know, well, yeah, and yeah. then you you add in the fact that she did these genre movies. Yeah, she uh, throws herself into it, so I'll give her credit. I'll just forewarn you, though, right now, Frankenhooker, much better than Doom Asylum. <laughs> Whoa, what are you trying to say? Hot take right there, hot take. <laughs> I don't even understand. Is this reality? This is reality. Todd, what else have you been watching? Thanks, Walt, by the way. Um, yes, indeed. Thank uh, you, Walt. Todd, you I watched always. anything else? 
I watched one thing because it took me four motherfucking days to watch a, a movie for the oh, show. This yeah. is how bad it's gotten for Oh, me. yes, Todd. You're back to the work life. Yes. <sighs> Full swing. Well, I, I, the work life is one thing, but this is ridiculous. The, yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, won't, I won't bore people with yeah. my the intricacies and the the, 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 the what you call it, mundanity of uh, my, yeah. my day-to-day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I did watch uh, My Crimmy for the week. Uh, and it was this week, uh, 1964's The Ringer, uh, directed by Alfred Borer, uh, aka Der Hexer. <laughs> Ooh, I like that uh, title. I like that title. Yeah, right. Der Hexer. Uh, Der Hexer. Uh, do you have a Der Hexer? <laughs> Der Hexer. Woodstock? <laughs> mein Herrn? Um, well, I like that. Just du papillon, uh, der Hexer. So yeah, uh, but yeah, this might be the first time that uh, that I've really noticed. Um, Your Nazi sounds like he likes pate, right? Uh, I like my gooses nice and fat, unlike other things. But um, uh, <laughs> oh, my apologies to anybody. I'm getting anyway. a kick out of that. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, this is the first time that uh, that I, I can remember that. Uh, Heinz Drake and uh, Joaquin Fuchsberger were in the same creamy. I may be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I've been paying enough attention yeah. to notice. I'm going to take your word uh, for this on that. Exactly, uh, right? Uh, so, because <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I'm the guy that's sitting through. No, I'm not, not unfortunate. I'm enjoying them. Um, but the movie does make interesting use uh, of a mini sub. Um, and it really ups the ante with the shenanigans, like actually dynamiting a building, which you see on screen, which is just great. Uh, and plus, uh, Vorer, as always, uh, gets up to his usual hijinks with uh, some some of his uh, stylistic flourishes, uh, which you know I'll be honest, I've come to look forward to. And this one, this time we actually got it was really kind of cool. Uh, and I don't, I don't I don't remember if Hitchcock did this with Dial M for Murder. I don't think he did. I know he had the giant phone in it uh, for the for the one uh, segment, but this one has uh, a dial phone, but you're looking at it from inside the dial. Where some guy's putting his finger in it and dialing the phone. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's just these really great little things that he does, and I'm just like, man, you, you get it. I love you, uh, even if you are German. But uh, no, I, I Josh. Uh, but you know, this one's a little bit cheekier uh, as well uh, than some of these things are. Uh, with part of the plot uh, involving a, a fake priest at a Catholic school uh, with some of the oldest. Uh, teenage girls in cinema history, and that's really saying something, <laughs> especially uh, coming from uh, from Europe. That really um, is. <laughs> and the uh, the main male characters in this thing are all pretty big pigs. Uh, besides that, um, the uh, the the downside to this one, uh, aside from some flab uh, in the middle, is that the English dub on it is not very good, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't have the option to uh, to watch it in uh, in the subbed uh, version. Um, but by that same token, the, the dub is also still pretty much in line with the flavor, uh, of the, uh, the film, uh, which is, you know, pretty light, uh, for the most part. Um, it's a lot more heightened in, in uh, in terms of, uh, how wild it gets, but, uh, you know, that some of these other, uh, the movies in this, uh, sub sub genre are, um, it's more fantastical, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and that kind of adds into, uh, to making it a little bit, uh, you know, propping it up a little bit more for me. Uh, so it was good. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and yeah, man, that's it. Oh, that wow. is it. That's done. I'm that's done. I'm going to sleep now. The busy world you live in nowadays. 
Going to take a nap. Uh, I watched a couple things. Uh, watched uh, Who Are You, Charlie Brown. This is uh, on Apple TV Plus. It's just a little hour-long documentary on uh, Charles Schultz. Or is I think he had a nickname. I can't remember what his nickname uh, was. It was, uh, oh, God. It was like Scooter or something? Or Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Anyway, yeah. Sparky. Sparky is what they called him. That's it. Yeah, Sparky Schultz. Um, it's just a. This was just a feel-good documentary, really. It's nothing uh, fancy. There wasn't really a lot of controversy with Schultz. I mean, he was pretty much, he was the Peanuts guy, and he did it until the end, and and kind of a weird poetic justice of the world. His last strip was published on the same day he died, which is uh, something I didn't know. But uh, wow, you know what a way to go out, you know. But the Peanuts were a big part of my youth. Um, and uh, not just for their uh, comic strip, but also for their TV specials, right? I mean, I always look forward to those. I'm sure you probably did too at some point. Oh my God, dude, I lived for those. Yeah. That little, that little, uh, whatever you saw the uh, the CBS logo with the the spinning special. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, thing coming in. Yeah. And the took the bongo thing. And yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bongo thing. I was just getting ready to say you that. You knew it was it was the same thing as when I was a kid, uh, and I saw the Toho logo. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's going to be a Godzilla movie. And then something would come up when it wasn't Godzilla. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> I know. That was that uh, that weird moment of, like, uh, disbelief. It's like, wait a minute, they make stuff other than Godzilla movies? Yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's like, I thought they were the Godzilla studio. Yeah. But I remember that special, that music, too. That uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're waiting for Carmen. Is it Carmen Miranda or whatever with the fruit bowl hat? You're waiting for her to oh, come yeah, out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if her name's Carmen Miranda <laughs> yes, or Carmen not. Miranda. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, the, you know, I, I just remember that vividly. And of course I remember, you know, I want to sing the Chiquita banana song, the, yeah, the Charlie Brown, uh, mythos, uh, always enjoyed because Charlie Brown was always an interesting character. He was an introspective child who yeah. arguably you could say was depressed, uh, the whole time, but maybe not. So if you go back and look at it, maybe not so much depressed as empathetic and, just uh, well-rounded, but it kind of came across as depression. But it's always interesting to me to kind of go back and look at the, oh, buddy really likes me, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know. It's almost like the Eeyore character, you know, walking around all the time. <laughs> depressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, I checked that. It's pretty good. It's on uh, Apple TV Plus if you have that. And uh, if you don't, I'm sure it's other, it's available other, other places. But it's only an hour long, so it won't take up much of your time. But I... Uh, I was on there just to check because, you know, I subscribe to all these streaming services because I'm crazy. And, and uh, you know, so, so every now and then I'm like, well, I better use this. Uh, so I yeah. went on there and looked for a couple things. And they released another film called Fathom. Uh, that is uh, Fat Home, Fathom. Uh, um, this is a documentary about humpback whales and these two scientists that are trying to figure out a way to talk to whales and uh, it is pretty fascinating shit uh, because I would never think to do that. But uh, no, no, no. They've studied this whale speak for years and uh, decades, and uh, they um, are trying to find a way to communicate with them uh, and talk to them and stuff. And it sounds kind of you know hippy dippy a little bit and everything else, but it's actually quite. It was quite touching. To watch these two uh, female scientists work on these on these separate but same projects. They're in different parts of the world. One of them works in the South Pacific, so kind of warm water, and the other one works. Uh, uh, I think I, I'm going to say Alaska up that way. 
uh, and uh, definitely northern because they they kind of give you in the documentary the dichotomy of the uh, you know the cold and the hot, and uh, it's pretty fascinating stuff. I don't know if everybody would dig this movie. I think you got to kind of be into this kind of stuff. Um, I was going to make a big DLT reference for the hot and cold thing, but I don't, oh, I'm going to abstain. Okay. That, came, that came in a really big container. You remember how big that container was? I do because I made them. Oh, yeah, you really do then. <laughs> <laughs> like a damn pizza box for a hamburger. Right? Yeah. You got the hot and you got the cold. The hot stays hot and the cold stays cold. That's you right. Together, see, it makes yeah. perfect sense. Exactly and then I would flip does. that over and then hear the the CBS special music come on. And I'd be like, Charlie Brown! Now I'm just hot. Who are we kidding? That was Pigpen. Yeah. I was probably Schroeder in some weird way uh, because <laughs> I was so obsessed with playing guitar when I was young that I would was sometimes some, not was talk there some to anybody. Hot little bitty who uh, yeah. who would lay on your uh, on your <laughs> bed and just stare at you while you did it. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't for me. Whenever uh, I play guitar, people are like there, Jesus Christ. Yeah, anything. there wasn't. Uh, not until I got older, maybe I got a little bit of attention that way. But I was in my twenties by then. It never happened when I really wanted it to, which was my teenage <laughs> years. You know, those those school years when I really exactly. wanted it. You know? But by the time I got, I got plenty of attention in my twenties, though. But they were usually wasted, and yeah. Uh, they're like, yeah, play, play Free Bird. Yeah, right. All right. And then play they, a snap of Metallica tune. Not, okay. uh, not, not the hottest uh, the interactions with females. They play, they yell, play Free Bird, and then belch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, baby. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I, I again, not for everybody, but uh, I, I quite enjoyed Fathom. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful looking movie. Uh, shot in 4K. Obviously, I watched it in 4K. So, uh, gorgeous if you're into that kind of stuff. Uh, changed speeds and watched uh, a little something my daughter, she wanted me to watch because she uh, she likes it quite a bit. I had never seen it. Uh, I'd never seen either one of these movies, these Rio movies with the uh, the birds. Uh, uh, okay. I think yeah. it's done by the Blue Sky guys. So, it kind of goes back to the, uh, the Peanuts thing because I think they did the Peanuts movie not too long ago. Hmm. But uh, Rio 2, she's been watching. This movie's seven years old. I can't believe that. And uh, I didn't even watch Rio 1. She just, yeah, she just automatically took me to Rio 2. Uh, she's, you know, she sees her brother. Her brother will go, yeah, Dad, let's watch this. And so she sees that. And so she's like, hey, Dad, let's watch this. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, Dad's a mark for movies. So, you know, go ahead. Well, what do you want to watch? She's like, well, I want to watch Rio 2. I'm like, oh, I've heard that movie in the car. Uh, but I've not seen it. I'll watch it with you. So it looks great as these computer animated movies do. It's, you know, set in the Amazon stuff. It's fine. It's definitely a kid's movie. Um, uh, so no great shakes there. Uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, pretty much standard story and stuff. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg plays the titular title bird blue. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm just not a big fan of Jesse Eisenberg's delivery. Yeah. I was just going to say that sounds like a really odd. Yeah. It's just not it just choice. Uh, but Andy Garcia plays the the more uh, uh, grown up bird at one point. He's got like a flat top here, mm-hmm. uh, which makes him you know an old man with military background or something. You know, I don't know if birds Does have. Does he say military. boat drinks a lot? No, he doesn't say that. But at one point, the kid birds come running up to him and they're like uh, calling him a name or something. He's like, "You're my grandkids. You will now call me Pop Pop." That was my Andy Garcia impersonation. There. That was a pretty good one, actually. <laughs> He's got that uh, weird uh, kind of where he, his voice kind of breaks when he talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, it wasn't bad. It was okay. 
Um, I got some other stuff I watch, but uh, if you guys want to know the, the top secret to the sauce here, we're recording episodes ahead of time because I'm going on vacation, so I'll save some of it for another one. But I did watch... I, everybody listening, I was against that. Yes. I did watch... Uh, Murder a la mod or a la mode. The, oh, the uh, uh, De Palma. Yeah, the De Palma right? student film. Yes, it's on the yeah. blowout disc. So I'll be on the Not a Bomb podcast uh, this week. As you're listening to this, okay. they'll be. I'll Thank be you for cheating on me. Yeah, you'll get a lot of Sammy this week because he'll get me on here, and then you'll get me on that show if you listen to that show. And I'll be talking about blowout over there with them on. Uh, well, this week it'll come out probably Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and. Um, they, they they asked me, you know, do I want to check out Murder Alamod since it's on the uh, disc? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I've never seen it. I'll check it out. Uh, it is a student film. Uh, you can see some early De Palma kind of obsessions in there in a little bit. Uh, certainly more than you can in some of his other films like uh, Greetings and Hi Mom and those, which I, some of those are kind of like social commentaries slash comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the De Niro stuff, and, and I, I like those for what they are, but they're nothing like what De Palma would eventually, you know, become. Once he figured out that he could make, basically, just kind of riff on everything Hitchcock ever did, it's pretty much all he did, right? So, uh, uh yeah, yeah, yeah he did good. some other stuff. I, I shouldn't really say that because he did do some other stuff. Let's let's be honest. He Phantom of the Paradise does have some Hitchcockian moments, but it's certainly not a Hitchcock film. And then. Uh, well, no, no, no. Now that I think about it, I'm going back and running that movie through my head in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of Hitchcock in there. Um, but you know, like sisters and things like that, when he became the De Palma, we know he, uh, pretty much was riffing on Hitchcock all the time. So, um, I don't know why he made that change. Maybe that's because that's how he was making money, but that, that, that is what happened. And, uh, so it was kind of interesting to go back and look at this and there's a little bit of that Hitchcock stuff in there. I would say I couldn't recommend this to anybody because you have to really kind of be into student films to kind of get into that. Right. And so if you know what I'm talking about, student films can be a bit of a chore for some folks. So um, just be warned. But it's on that blowout disc if you have the blowout Criterion, which I believe I bought at a Criterion sale the first year that came out. <laughs> uh, I did, yeah. Yes. Uh, and if you want to hear uh, that Speaking of uh, Criterion sales, that's going on right now for Barnes Noble, and I believe there's an actual, there's a uh, an Arrow video, uh, yeah. Yeah, sale yeah. going on as well. So yes, there is. You got two really good labels for everybody to pick up as much as you possibly can and piss away yeah. your life savings. Piss away all your money yeah, on might physical as well. media. I do it every Can't week. Can't take it with you. No. Can't take the Blu-rays with you either, but damn it, I'm going to try. Just fuck you, I can. I'm burying that shit with me. Man, please, somebody bury blow. My blowout. money might be digital, but my fucking Blu-rays ain't. Don't know what it says about me, but please bury blowout with me. There we go. <laughs> Speaking of blowouts. <laughs> yeah. No. You're to have one of those right now. Right? I'm glad I got a mute button. The Anyway, the... Uh... <laughs> Uh, that is what we watched. Um, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and talk about an Arrow release. Doom Asylum from 1988. We'll be back right after this.
right. I think so I played, now I'm just depressed. Yeah, I think I've played. <clears throat> excuse me, I think I played Cathedral in the past, but uh, it's a personal favorite band of mine. I like the uh, heavy guitar and uh, you know bell bottom pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck that! Yes, hey man, bell bottoms. I mean, the music's okay, but the, yeah, bell yeah, the bell bottoms. I mean, uh, you know, make fun of them all you want; they were comfortable. Uh huh. Okay, hippie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting around watching my whale movies and uh, wearing my <laughs> bell bottoms. Bell bottoms. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Boot cut. Wait. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, my boot cut pants. That's what the. Okay, yeah. Dad. Whatever you say. <laughs> That's what they called them after the after they you know bell bottom became a uh, a word of just uh, you know just you don't want to hear that word. So we're like, well, let's, let's call them boot cut. Obviously ruined it for everybody, but you know, <laughs> uh, he ruined a lot of things. Um, yeah. Right. Doom Asylum, 1988, directed by Richard Friedman. Uh, a horribly disfigured lawyer, wrongfully pronounced dead after a terrible car accident, is taken to an asylum for dissection, only to come back alive, kill everyone, and make the asylum his killing grounds. I think you could have stopped that synopsis with horribly disfigured. Yes, yes. Um, so this has become a, a bit of a cult movie over the years. I'm not sure why. Um, uh, maybe... I'd imagine there's certain reasons. I, I mean, my, my theory is because of Patty Mullen, um, because Chris, uh, Kristen Davis is in here and it's an early yeah. performance of hers. And then also probably because of the special effects, because there is something kind of quaint and innocent about all the uh, physical effects that are on display here. They're not always great. Well, let's make sure I say that. They're, not, they're, definitely, uh, they're definitely rough. But uh, I found some of the. I love them. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did. I did too. Full disclosure. <clears throat> excuse me. I, I found them quite uh, entertaining, and easily my favorite thing about the movie. Easily, and, uh, between that and uh, you know, I'm just going to play my cards here. Women running around in bathing suits. It's pretty nice. Um, but uh, there's some other things I didn't like so much about the movie. Um, Todd, I don't know if you'd ever seen this before. I believe I had seen it uh, ages ago probably some via some rental or something um, this, yeah this one this one i always stayed away from uh like way back in the day mm-hmm. because i would go in i would see the cover and it looked like it looked like um four rooms uh starring pizza the hut it was the <laughs> yeah. way that the the cover looked yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so shitty yeah the original cover is uh, pretty bad yeah 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 so yeah i don't i, I just always i stayed away from it completely and yeah, the, it didn't help any it didn't help any that the the uh the dr cyclops uh section of fangoria back then gave the fucking uh ravaged this thing oh yeah uh, and back yeah, yeah. And that, of course that was back when i i believed everything that i read right so right well um, that was back when you probably actually looked at criticism too i mean you know sure. the, everything's so readily available now and easy to see uh the critics doesn't really you know you a lot of people don't even really care about the critic anymore though you know especially the written critic i do i know you probably do because we like to I read do, those things i do to a degree i'm more interested i'm more interested in anal- i'm i'm even more interested i should say in an analysis these days than i am in the in in the review because the review to me is is so strictly personal it really is just a matter of uh taste and style mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why, you know, I, I, I still enjoy reading things like Pauline Kael and, you know, all that stuff and Jay Hoberman and David Kerr and, uh, you know, all that stuff, Robin Wood. Um, 
So I'll still read those, but again, that's also you know from movies that are way, 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 way back in the uh, way back machine. So oh yeah, this one actually technically now you think about it, though eighty eight, that could be considered the way back machine now. Oh my god, it absolutely is. Yeah, <laughs> at this point, yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy. That Thirty almost. <laughs> oh my god. Twenty let's, some years. Let's not twenty talk, odd years. Yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> Thirty odd years. Just Wait, Thirty depre- three years. Depressing. <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Where does it go? Where does it go, man? Where does it go? I think, I think Eddie Money had a song. Yeah. Baby, hold on to me. No, <laughs> not that one. Shaken. No, that was yeah, no. Here. Give me some water. No, you're close. You're getting there. You're you're inching in. Because he shot a man on the Mexican border. There was that. Um, Everybody remembers that Eddie Money story. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. No, I want to go back. Oh, yeah. I want to go back. Yeah. I want to go back. Go back. Do it all <laughs> go back. I know. He's like the, uh, he was the, the um, oh, God, who did he remind me of? Not Joe Piscopo. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. ah, fuck it. I'm not, it's not going to come to me. No, that's okay. Maybe it will as you talk about Dumasone. <laughs> One can hope. Uh, so yeah, um, digging in on this thing. I don't know if uh, if having a, a shitty cover of House of the Rising Sun uh, at the opening of your movie, and this is the the second time, by the way, that we've had a cover of this song on the show in less than a month. If yes. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. What was the uh, uh, What was the last? It was one? Hail Mafia. Yeah, that's right. The French, the French, French uh, version. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Is that song uh, is that but, song in the public domain? Maybe. Maybe it I is. don't think <laughs> it is. Honestly, I mean, come on. It's the animal. Everybody knows it's the animals. Everybody knows that you know. Yeah. I, I I seriously do not think that it is. Uh, regardless, though, I don't know whether having a really shitty cover of it is a good or a bad sign, especially when you know, uh, it. In this particular movie, it immediately reminds me of uh, Fall Break uh, from the beginning of uh, The Mutilator. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the, I got right. so many Fall Break uh, vibes from the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Going on a fall Break. Fall Break. Because uh, it, it feels like it's almost like the same shot. It, it seriously is. <laughs> uh, and it's even worse uh, when we get the same cover again about six minutes later in the movie, and then again over the end credits. Yes, so not only are we going to beat this horse to death, we're going to beat it in the glue. Uh, there's that. Uh, just to just to, 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 just that's that's the tipping off point uh, from this movie. Also uh, from Jump Street, uh, the main takeaway here is that um, all of the characters in this thing are absolute idiots, uh, and. You know, as well uh, that uh, Michael Rogan, uh, who is the titular Doom Asylum. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> he's called the coroner uh, in this thing. Uh, he looks a lot like Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you, you glommed onto that one. Um, uh, well, I felt but, like uh, I felt like he if he didn't. Well, yeah, I did, as a matter of fact. But I also felt like had I seen that guy in a Seinfeld episode as well yeah right yeah 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 yeah. because he looks like that kind of actor this is like this is the comedians in cars getting coffee of horror movies of the 80s yeah I looked at a lot of his uh stuff because I'm like I know this guy from other stuff I know I do uh but then I looked looked familiar but I outside of him looking exactly like Seinfeld I could not place him he hardly has done anything I felt like uh, you know he, he has that face where it's like this guy's been in a lot of stuff 
But well, oddly, he, he has not. Movie, and then that was it, right? Yeah. Well, he did Basket Case too. He played the man with twenty-seven noses in Basket Case <laughs> well, too. Well, that's appropriate. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, but then he did some TV, and uh, that's pretty much it. He worked from eighty-eight to ninety-three, and he's pretty much gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it makes sense for him to have hooked up with Hen and Lauder. Um, yeah. And you know, and the other part of it is that you know we're obviously the very, very, very obvious thing is that we're not meant to take this thing seriously, even slightly. No, uh, this is this is the purest of pure schlock. Yeah, um, it's you kind know, of everyone, a kind of a spoof. Thing, kind of a spoof, wouldn't you say, in some ways? Uh, kind of, but no. Yeah, uh, because I mean, it's not re- it's not specific enough. Yeah, you're probably right uh, about any of the uh, the cliches to really be a spoof. I don't think. Mm. Um, but I mean, there's no subtlety here. You know, all the characters say exactly what's on their minds at all times. Um, I think the only and- thing that makes me think spoof a little bit is the the scene of the two characters running to each other. They well, no, the, they yeah, go back no, to that, that twice, it's, I think. Yeah, no, no. It it has it has certain things. It has certain things. I, I hesitate to use the expression "in mind" because um, <laughs> I don't think it has a hell of a lot in mind. Um, no, it feels like a cheapie made for a, a quick return. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, it just is. It, it isn't. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Uh, because I think it, it's kind of playing to those things, but it's it's really kind of not, or either that, or it's just missing the fucking. It's missing the point. I think. I think it's maybe uh, it wants to be those things, but just isn't. It can't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you know, uh, reach exceeds its grasp, kind of a uh, thing. Uh, and and with, with all of this in mind, um, I think that the movie knows exactly who it wants to play to. It's it's basically the the beer and pizza teens, you know, bored to tears on a weekend night. Uh, because the focus of the movie is really on uh, on flesh and blood, uh, and Friedman's absolutely not ashamed about this. And just to prove this point, is that the dog? Bear, what the fuck, man? <laughs> uh, so, uh, just to prove the point, uh, after the uh, yeah, I know, I see you. Uh, after the uh, the violent car crash that opens up the movie, uh, Patty Mullen's character is laying there. Uh, she's bloody and dying, but she's posed just right. So we get a peekaboo look at her undies. Yes. Uh, so, and I mean, that's very, you know, yeah. Uh, but it does, it does, you know, it does almost kind of feel like the top secret of slasher pictures. Um, but this, I don't think that this is nearly that nuanced or clever or well-written or well-directed. Mm. Um, you know, of course, you know, coming this late in the slasher cycle, and this is really late in the slasher cycle. Yeah. Uh, if you even want to call it a slasher, which I mean, you kind of have to just by nature. Yeah. Um, it's not really surprising that this is basically, you know, a slasher parody as you know, that's where all the, the genre trends go to die. Mm. Um, and in fact, I, I, I would think, and as I was watching it, it occurred to me that this feels a lot more like, uh, a trauma picture uh, mm-hmm. than anything else with all the the good and the bad that uh, that I think that that uh, label implies. Um, but I, I I seriously think that the uh, the filmmakers believed that they were being witty uh, with their approach because they are relentless in it. Uh, I mean the, the movie doesn't come up for air for the entirety of its what seventy nine minutes. Uh yeah seventy yeah. nine seventy seven minutes something like that. Yeah yeah yeah. So, but yeah, it doesn't take a it doesn't take a pause to breathe uh, the into the entirety of that. No, so. it it jumps right in and goes for it. So right, right, and that then that being said, there's there's some uh, bizarre 
uh, masochistic part of me that digs uh, how self-reflexive uh, the movie is. But yeah. um, I, I, I honestly think that I honestly think uh, this is more me making excuses and stretching for things here to champion. Yeah. Uh, although there there's a couple almost worthwhile aspects here. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I mean. It, <sighs> so for me, on its surface. Yes. This movie has no story, no nothing that's interesting at all. Nothing. Yes, no, no. no. But it well, does uh, yeah, no. it I mean, well there is a story, let's say I mean, but I mean it's not a no, story no, no, I care about. about interesting things, but the interesting things about it they're all visual. Yes. So I have to admit I got through the 70 something minute runtime because I couldn't wait for the next visual effect. Um Right. Right. Well that's that's my exact uh, my my uh, my next uh, note here is, is yeah. about the the Vince Guastini, um, his effects. Who who's the guy who I believe worked on Spookies? I believe so, and, and uh, I believe he was the only good thing about Spookies as well <laughs> for all the people who love Spookies. Yeah, he's got kind uh, of well, a, okay, re, okay, the Corbin cover art. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll he's got that. a uh, nice kind of uh, Chiodo Brothers. Kind uh, of, yes, he is a really yeah 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 yeah. He's got a really nice kind of uh, stylized yeah. Uh, him him the Chiodo Brothers and Beekler. Yeah, these are guys uh, kind that, of all share share the same kind of a, a space in mm-hmm. uh, in the realm of uh, practical uh, makeup effects. They kind of come after. They're kind of like the second wave after the Savinis and those guys and Bottines. Yes. They're yes. kind of like the yep. the second wave. Him and Beekler yeah. and you know some of these guys. They they kind of came after that. And um, unfortunately, you know, or fortunately or unfortunately, I guess it depends on your business model and where you're at. You know, a lot of special effects would go away, but. Uh, it's fun in that way. And that's the thing I liked about it the most and kind of watching it again. I mean, there's some uh, arguably some very, very graphic, uh, effects here. Uh, the toe scene alone is uh, bothersome. Uh, (laughs) especially for somebody like me who hates toe trauma, but, uh, that's true. You don't like that any more than you like large spoons or, uh, no, no, yes, that's correct. I don't like those things. Those things are bothersome. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, no, his, his, his effects work is, is surprisingly rock solid. Not surprising in that, in that he did them, uh, because you know, he was a good makeup artist, but in that I, I didn't expect them. I didn't expect the effects to be that good for this level of, of a uh, picture. Yes. So at the bare minimum, I think that, you know, I can recommend the movie just for that aspect of it, you know? Okay. Um, the other part of the other reason to, to recommend the movie would be the women, uh, with the exception of the uh, the the Euro trash broad with the crimped hair, because crimped hair should never have been a thing, and it's really <laughs> really gross. Uh, so I mean, as yeah. far as that's concerned, then mission accomplished, Mister Friedman. Yes. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he, uh, he did these, uh, and that's the thing about this movie is that is that it's not it, it never it never tries to fucking bullshit you. Right about anything, it is. Right. It is exactly what it says it is, yes. and you know it doesn't. It doesn't try to play games. So I mean, you kind of have to take it at, at face value, um, and that's for better or worse. And unfortunately for this movie, it's for worse because it's so just you know it, it's so terrible uh, in that it's it's not funny, uh, it's not you know scary, it's not anything. I mean, I go back to. You know the the thing is is strictly for the the beer and pizza teens, yes. uh, on a fucking weekend uh, night. You know, yeah. hey, what do you want to do? Let's watch Dubasam. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's not I even nothing better to do. Yeah, there's not even enough nudity. You get uh, there's one not. Breast there's, shot. Think, there's one set of tits, I think, in the entire thing. Yeah, 
And, you know, it, that's fine. I mean, I agree with you. All that stuff is there. I like, I like, um, Patty Mullen. I really was surprised at how much I liked Kristen Davis. Right. She got eyes, man. Yeah. And she, yeah. Oops. Yeah. And she, she looks really, you know, and I know this is sounding piggish, but it is what it is. You're going to this movie for this reason, but she looks really nice in that one piece bathing suit yep. and she's walking yep. around and stuff. And again, you're, you're showing as much skin as you can without getting a bad rating. So you keep them in bathing suits. Only in slasher world does it make sense for anybody to have bathing suits at a abandoned <laughs> asylum. You know, it's like, hey, you know, <laughs> Whoa, we, we could lay out, saying? yeah, we could lay out in our driveway, but let's go to, <laughs> let's go to this abandoned place and lay out in the sun, in the shade for that matter, because they don't even lay out in the sun, wow. uh, which you know, again, makes That's no sense. They're picnicking. Yes, <laughs> they're picnicking. But, That's right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 uh, the thing here about well, one of the things about this, one of the bad things about this movie is that uh, it's always kind of been my uh, contention that I, I don't think that you should ever show footage from better movies in your own movie. Uh, yeah. uh, and while I've never actually watched a Todd Slaughter movie, uh, <laughs> or at least I don't remember if I did, and I'm pretty sure that you know the movies that they have here, uh, yeah, they use I think Crimes at the Dark House, they use Demon Barber, Fleet Street, and, and they might use a couple others, uh, but they actually list them in the in the end credits. But from what's shown here in this movie, I can attest that. Uh, those movies are better than this one, hmm. uh, though probably they're equally hammy and equally stilted, just not intentionally so. Um, but I think that you know, for how much of of, of that that we see, uh, I think it's it's clearly there to pad out a film that's not even eighty minutes long, which I think unfortunately just tells you how little there is to go on here. Uh, I mean, the coroner. I, I, I have to mention this this thing that kind of really stuck out, stuck out like a, a sore thumb. Uh, the the coroner character he literally walks out in the middle of the film's finale to go watch a movie. Yeah, uh, you know, not 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 yeah. to to draw inspiration from it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, which may have made this a little more interesting, though completely unmotivated in the story. Though it's even less motivated for what's in the story now. But you know, just to do it, and that's just shit filmmaking, in my mm, opinion. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, that I mean, that's the thing is, so you you kind of. You know, half of me is kind of like, okay, I get, you know, we're just having fun. I get, the, I get that, you know, we're just kind of throwing it all out there. I get, I get all of that stuff, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> this thing needs to be better than this is uh, to to suck up as much time as it does. Otherwise, it should have been a student film at ten minutes long. Yeah, yeah, um, it doesn't feel like Richard Friedman's first film. Uh, right. Well, actually, let me let me take that back. So Richard Friedman had made a couple, th- well, one th- film before. I can't remember the title of it. Uh, I looked through his filmography. I don't have it pulled up right now because I'm kind of stretched out because my back's hurting right now. But I do know that he directed the Second Wind video, Billy Joel. Remember that video? The video where oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wind goes yeah, yeah. I think there's a guy that almost tries to commit suicide in that video yes, or something. Exactly right. yeah, yeah. So and I remember Billy that. stops him. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I remember that video vividly because I never really liked that song that much. But I hate that song. Yeah, but I but I remember the video because it would play quite often. Yep. And of course, this is the era when videos, you know good or bad they would actually try to make like a little short films out of them so yep, yep. uh i remember that video so it feels like he kind of came back around and made this next and tried to do something but it still feels like a very early uh experiment more than anything it feels like he's trying to find his way now freeman still works today he's still making movies now 
most of them you probably haven't seen, but he is still working. Um, get out. Yeah, no, he's he's still doing stuff. He's still, no, I mean, get out and that I wouldn't have heard of them. Yeah, yeah, no, he's still doing stuff. And, uh, you know, the guy that uh, we talked about with the effects, uh, Gristini or whatever his name is. Gristini, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's still working, too. He's working quite a bit, actually. Good for him, yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely good for him. <laughs> I know I'm picking and choosing here, but, I mean, come on. Well, I mean, you know, but, yeah, if you no. look at Friedman's filmography, though, I mean, it is a lot of, uh, you know, very B to C grade stuff. And, you know, good for him that he gets to work. Yeah, fine. And that's fine. But, I mean, let's face it, this is what he's he's remembered for if he's remembered at all. If he will be remembered word, at all, think, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think that the words Richard Friedman, you know, passed the lips of many cinephiles to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did some, uh, actually, I'm looking at his thing, now, his filmography now. Looks like he started out with Death Mask, which uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, but it has Farley Granger in it. Oh. So, there's that. And that- then... And then uh, he did um, uh, some uh, some Tales from the Dark Side TV show, and it uh, looks like uh, something else. Uh, Stephen King's Golden Tales. I think that was a TV thing. And Golden Tales? Yeah, I think it was a, yeah, Stephen King's Golden Tales video segment. The old soft shoe he did. Huh. Yeah. And then he did four episodes of uh, Tales from the Dark Side TV show, and then he did Scared Stiff, which is actually also another Arrow video release. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then he did Friday the 13th TV series, and then he did this. So to me, by the time he gets to this, and the movie I most know him for, if there's any movie I know him for, it's Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Which is Oh, my God. I remember the poster for that. It was yeah, horrible. Yeah, it's not a great movie, but it, it was a kind of a fun take on the Phantom... Uh, mythos in the fact that they kind yeah. of set it in the mall and stuff. And that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it had pretty good visual effects, if I remember, some pretty good practical effects in it. Uh, well, at least gore-wise. But everything else he's done, I've not seen. So, hmm. But, you know, good for him. He's still working, right? I mean, that's... In, in this business, uh, which chews people up and spits them out left and right, you know, if you can find work, you can find work. And, and listen, and I applaud that. I applaud that he's been able to make a, uh, a career out of it. But at the same time, that doesn't excuse no, 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 Doom no. Asylum. No, it doesn't excuse. No. So uh, you know, <laughs> back back to my point. He did some Baywatch. Uh, he did some Baywatch Nights. If that makes you feel any better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, you know, Baywatch. I I might be the only person in America who's never watched a single episode. No, of that you're show. at least the second person because I've never watched an episode of that. Well, show good either. for us. <laughs> Let's celebrate the Fourth of July yeah. together. We made uh, we made it through without uh, subjecting know, ourselves right? to that. Well, I mean, they have a whole channel on uh, on Pluto TV, so you never know. Hey, off, um, off the air, I'll I'll say this on the air. I was just planning on starting a Baywatch podcast. So, you want to be part of that or not? Um, <laughs> yes. No, you don't want to be part of that. <laughs> I'm I'm quit. I'm moving to uh, I would, island. I would start that and quit myself. <laughs> you get through the in the intro, be like, hey, you know what? Fuck this, mm-hmm. and that would be episode one. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the coroner um, character, he, uh, you know, as a, as a slasher villain, he's mostly unmemorable. Uh, really, kind of aside from the makeup, which, as I said, kind of always reminded me of uh, you know just pepperoni uh, on a really shitty pizza makeup effect. Mm. Um, uh, the unfortunate thing is that he's he's not clever. Uh, he doesn't have any decent dialogue. He has no depth. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you could say that he's as much of a flat shithead now 
uh, as he was when he was just a, a, a flat shithead lawyer uh, at the beginning of the movie. And, 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 you know, maybe that's the point. I don't know. Uh, the one interesting thing with respect to him and the slasher genre in general is that, you know, they, they show us what slashers do when they're not slashing, uh, i.e. Uh, here laying around and watching movies, uh, something which always occurs to me when a script is formulated to the point of being absolutely, you know, uh, premised on convenience, you know, uh, like the uh, the slasher shows up conveniently every uh, 10 minutes or so to kill somebody else. And I'm always thinking to myself, what the fuck is he doing for the other fucking you know, like 60 minutes of this thing. Uh, but here we get to see that. He's watching Todd Slaughter movies. Mm. Um, so I, I will credit it for that. Uh, and and yet, the thing about this movie, you know, for as cringe-inducing as this largely is, for how, uh, for how self-consciously obnoxious uh, as it is, and it is plenty both of those things, uh, I do think that there's actually some fun to be had here. Uh, I think that you absolutely have to have a certain tolerance level uh, to get there, but I think that it can happen. Um, I think that this is, you know, it's the sort of success in a movie where you kind of chuckle in spite of yourself rather than because of any level of inequality to it. Uh, and maybe the kids call that watching things ironically or so bad it's good or so cheesy or this, that, or the other thing. Uh, but unfortunately, I mean, this is not unfortunately again, but, um, that's the intent of this movie is to yeah. be, uh, is to be funny, like you know, capital F, right? Uh, funny, and it doesn't really succeed in that. And no. yet, there are some things in here that I actually, you know, I wasn't, it, I didn't, I didn't consider it a waste of time, even though it's, it's, it's really a, a really flabby, uh, seventy some minutes of a movie. Yeah. Um, With a so lot, of, it, it, a lot it, of filler. On the one hand, it's difficult. On the other yeah. hand. I do think there's some value here, uh, yeah. for a better or worse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, take it to take that for what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that's pretty much all that I have to, to say on it. I mean, it's, eh, I mean, it's a doom asylum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you and most of what you said there. Uh, I mean, I don't, this movie's not great shakes, no doubt about it. Right. But there's a innocence to it, uh, kind of a quaintness to it that I kind of enjoyed. And I was kind of surprised by that. Because I yeah, mean, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty ham-handed in a lot of ways. I mean, well, it's just, it's the same, it's the same things that I like about Spookies, which I think is a fucking horrible movie. Yes, uh, is that there's this, there's this nice little, you know, handmade, let's put on a fucking show, uh, sort of aspect to it that you kind of just get wrapped up in, that that smooths out some of the warts of it, even mm -hmm. though you're still kind of like, you know, kind of banging your head uh, over the rough spots, right. Yeah, and then that's what it kind of feels like. It's it's kind of a some of it's a bit of a chore, right? To get through, and there's definitely some you know. I mean, I don't know if I audibly groaned, but I certainly, <laughs> I certainly in my head, I certainly groaned a little bit with you know some of the stuff that happens. I mean, there's a a point where the Patty Mullins character, you know, she's still trying to get over the death of her mother, who, by the way, in the film, she plays both her mom and her daughter, so you know, she looks exactly the same. Uh, at one point she asked the boyfriend, the indecisive boyfriend, which actually kind of thought that joke was funny. The, I don't know, maybe we should, I don't know. I can't, you know, he couldn't make a decision. Yeah. She yeah, says, yeah. can I call you mom? And then she spends the yeah. rest of the movie calling her mom. And it's like, yeah, it's so out of left field. You're like, yeah. Okay. It's that it's those moments that gave me the whiff of a spoof. 
That's a that's a that's a weird sentence to say. By but, the way, but at the same time, the it doesn't it doesn't line up. It doesn't match. No, it doesn't. It doesn't because for whatever reason, they can't get the tone quite right. I think if right, they if right. they would have nailed the spoof elements a little bit more. I think that the Kristen Davis character kind of comes in line with it the most because she's kind of like commenting very specifically on like the psychology aspects. Yeah. And just kind of, but even then, you're just kind of like. She's just saying shit just to fucking because that's like the character. Yeah. Right? I think it doesn't really make any sense otherwise. But one of my biggest problems with the movie, if I have a problem with the movie, it's not the cheapness, it's not the the no, ham handed acting, it's none of that stuff. It is the fact that the band, the girl band is so those well, two of the characters are fine. The leader is she is so dreadfully obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. That I even had I mean I hated every time they went back to her. Like she's loud, yeah, yeah. and she's obnoxious. Uh, you know, I'd hate to be the one to tell her this, but her band's music really sucks. Yeah, she's uh, no Wendy O. Williams. Oh my God, and she and that's what she seems to be kind of trying really? to portray here. Yeah, is this kind of punk rock? Uh, you know, I'm better than everybody else type of mentality, and really all she comes across as is this completely obnoxious character, and between that and going to the films which they do quite often you brought it up but i mean a lot more than you think it's a lot it, it is so and they, much and they'll show you like whole, they'll show you like almost a minute oh yeah uh of, of the movie of the todd slaughter movies yeah before they go back to the uh, and it's just you, you you're just shaking your head it's just like there's there's zero 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 reason to do this yeah. for this long well i mean all, all i could think and i'm sure you had the same it's thought it's absolutely padding yeah, it's not only that, but I mean, all in a you, movie that's not even fucking—it's barely over an hour. All you, all I could think was, I'd rather be watching that movie. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly. That's why I've always said it's a bad idea to yeah. put better movies in your fucking movie. It's a dangerous thing to do because you know, film lovers. Now, you know, Joe Blow might not care. The guy on the street, he might not care. The guy that rents this for, for boobs or for Patty Mullen or for whatever, they might not care. But for the film lover. <laughs> The guy that loves movies, me, you, and probably the people that listen to a podcast about movies, uh, you know, we're watching that and we're probably going to be like, yeah, well, what's that movie? I'd, I'd rather watch that movie. That movie, scene, yeah. that one long scene you played, that minute and a half of that movie, I want to see that movie. <laughs> yep. And so yep, yep. it's a big mistake. And the movie's full of those. But at the same time, I agree with you. There's some kind of charm to it. And I think it has to do with the, the very home-cooked... It really does feel like, you know, those stories you hear about a bunch of kids getting together and making a movie on the weekends yeah. or something. And it looks like this movie looks like it was shot in about five days. And or five minutes. Yeah. And it it has that kind of quaint charm to it that, that I kinda like from these things. I don't yes. think obviously it's it's not a great movie. It's not a I don't even know if it's a good movie. It's but it's certainly a curiosity and I think that film lovers like us and you know who you are i think it's worth a watch there but i don't know if i could recommend it to anybody unless you're just like a slasher completist because it does I think have that that's that's a huge piece of it is yes. that you really 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 have to want to watch this thing to get anything out of it yes or you have to have a podcast about movies <laughs> there is that thank you <laughs> yeah. because otherwise i really don't understand why you'd watch it and then and of course I know that there's probably going to be fans of it. I'm sure there are fans of it because, like I said, it's oh, it's I'm gathered sure some is. cult steam lately. 
And well, again, I think it's built up. It, it's probably built up cult steam just because of the Arrow release. Well, like that and more than yeah, anything else. I, I, well, I think. Patty, I mean, who 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 has thought about this movie in the past fucking thirty years? Yeah, zero th- people. I think the the cult of Patty Mullins is probably another reason. I mean, she's got a she's got a fan base that you know likes the limited amount of stuff she's yeah, done. Yeah, but I think, I think that Patty Mullins is fan base nine out of ten. If you ask them to name a, a Patty Mullins movie, they're going to say Frankenhooker. Yeah, yeah, nine out of ten. Yeah, there'd be one cat in that entire roster who would say doom asylum yeah and he then nine out of ten he would only be saying that just to fucking look like he wasn't the guy saying frankenhooker yeah just to say that he's the guy that knows more about movies than the other guys exactly <laughs> thank you because she didn't make very much i mean she only no, made a no, you know didn't. a handful of films yeah. and uh you know it was mostly known as a i think a penthouse pet i think it's what she uh, was playboy playmate i believe playboy playmate one of the two she was with a playboy or penthouse she was one of the yeah one of, one of the two I, i'm not sure um, but you know, she... I will say this though. I think the woman, I think, I do think, you know, cards on the table. I do think that she had, uh, a certain level of talent. Yes. Uh, besides just being, you know, something to look at, mm-hmm. uh, I'll give her credit for that. I agree. I agree. And, uh, I think it's Unfortunately, kind of a... she doesn't really get the duel of a lot with it in this movie. No, I you know here. She's basically, it's a little bit of a riff on the, the kind of goofiness of the Franken hooker character, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Was Frankenhooker before this or after this? I don't even remember. Uh, Actually, Franken Frankenhooker. Yeah, it was eighty nine. So yeah, she only did Doom Asylum, the one episode of The Equalizer, and uh, Frankenhooker. That's all she ever did. Frankenhooker. So I think he probably uh, probably saw Doom Asylum, and probably thought that quality, that kind of goofy quality, because if you remember in Frankenhooker, she's quite goofy in some spots. Oh yeah, Uh, date. Yeah. I think that he probably saw that maybe, and that's why he put her in there. But yeah, I mean, she's again, she's fine in the movie. Uh, Christian Davis is fine in the movie. The, you know, the actors are doing what they can do. Yes. there's no doubt about that. So, um, but I, yeah, I had I had some difficulty with the movie. I definitely had some difficulty with the movie. I mean, it's well, this this was not a first time watch for you, or what? No, 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 no. I've seen it before. I'd seen it um, ages ago with. Uh, okay. I, I thought I hadn't seen it before, but uh, then when I started watching it, I remembered the effects almost immediately. Uh, yeah, this was the first time for me. Yeah. Uh, I will say this first, and and I wouldn't necessarily say last, but at the same time... You're not going to pursue it. Yeah, yeah no. If, if you come no. across it or somebody wanted to talk about it, i.e. somebody who has a podcast and says, hey, Todd, we're going to cover Doom Asylum. <laughs> I would say I will be sleeping in that day. <laughs> so but i mean it it, it, it it's okay I, I mean i had a good time for what it was yeah, the yeah, special yeah. features on the disc are definitely nice and they add a quality to it but i couldn't recommend anybody buy this unless you're a completist or anybody you know w- even watch this unless yeah, you're it's, a completist. it's kind of difficult to recommend it is it's difficult as a, as a recommendation yeah definitely, definitely. i mean I'd, yeah. I'd i'd have a hard time recommending it to anybody except Indeed. the people that i know will like this kind of movie. Except, yeah, hey, Walt, uh, this is yeah. for you. Yeah, <laughs> definitely one for Walt. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, that's it. Let's get in Make or Break's MVTs. All righty. Uh, make or Break for me. I'm going to go with the uh, the conveyor belt scene. Uh, one, <laughs> it's just a little subversive in a film that I think strains copiously to make us think that it's subversive. And two, uh, it manages to go full Tex Avery yeah. Uh in a in a pretty satisfying way. So uh, you yeah. know, I, I will grant it that. 
It's very tra- um, very trauma too. That's uh, excruciatingly <laughs> trauma. Uh, MVT, uh, I, I'm going to go full pig on this one and just say that it's Mullins and Davis prancing around in their bikinis. Uh, so yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Congratulations to Richard Friedman for giving me at least a couple of decent memories to take away from this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my score. Lordy, uh, 6.5 out of 10. Oh, my wow. God, why Why is this score so high? Uh, <laughs> uh, probably because uh, I think that, you know, kind of dis- despite the pain that's involved in this movie, I, I think that it-, it gives you most of what it says on the tin, though it could definitely have used a bit more uh, flesh to match all the blood. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I-, I mean, I can't say that I hated it, but I- at the same time, uh, I, I, I absolutely don't love it. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, fuck it. I'm sticking with my score on that. Yeah, one. yeah, man. Don't, 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 don't apologize for it. I'm glad you got that much out of it. I really am. Um, as the guy who picked it, oh, I hear my daughter <laughs> running around. She might come down here. Uh, uh, my make or break is, um, oh man, I'm trying to think of what I really liked about it the most. I guess I probably like the conveyor belt scene too, because at that point it just goes full tilt bonkers. I'll go with that. That's right, Bear. I'll go with that. And uh, yeah, go away, man. Get <laughs> yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's uh, he's going full tilt boogie himself. Yeah, right. Uh, my MVT. I'm gonna go with uh, the special effects. I'm gonna go with nice. Vincent. Uh, was it Gustini? Is that what he says? Gustini. Yeah. Yeah, Gustini. Yeah. Uh, he does a really good job here. Uh, especially if you he consider yes. if, if you consider that if you watch the the uh, bonus features on the disc, he did a lot of this stuff out of his mom's apartment. Because he had just got, he was just getting started, so he did a lot of this stuff, as he said, in his mom's pantry. <laughs> Lordy, which is pretty impressive. And uh, my score is lower than yours. Um, I didn't get as what? much out of it as you did. I got a five point five. That's that's as good as I could do. You picked it. You should be much higher. <laughs> no, that's not how this logic works. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <And> they, <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and talk about Beyond the Door. Uh, a little asinitis. We'll be back right after this. some gasoline and uh, review a little bit of a wacky film uh, to say the least <laughs> I don't know if I've seen a much wackier one than this one in quite some time <laughs> uh, it's been a while yeah this is Todd's pick uh, Beyond the Door uh, 1974 also known as Chasey <laughs> with a question mark <laughs> yeah. 
Ooh, hit the chord again. Juliet Mills plays a young pregnant woman in San Francisco who is going to have the devil's baby during her strange possession. Richard Johnson, which is a double dick joke for those playing along at home, shows <laughs> up much like Peter O'Toole. <laughs> shows up to help her. But what does he really want? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> no, not in this movie. So this movie is directed by Ovidio G. Asinitis, um, who has a very interesting career. Um, this is an Italian movie, uh, we should say. Um, uh, even though I don't think Asinitis, I don't think he's Italian. Is, or is he Italian? I think he might be Greek. I think he's Greek. Yes, he's Greek. But he worked a lot in Italy. Well, yes. he worked a lot with Italy. Born in say. Egypt, uh, Greek in nature. Oh, okay. And uh, has got quite the filmography, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, produced a lot of stuff. Um, uh, known for American Ninja Films. Uh, direct, uh, produced Piranha 2. Tentacles. All kinds of stuff. Uh, and is... Even though I don't think he has a production credit on it, he is somewhat responsible for getting Sin of a Woman off, which I just told Todd off the air, Sin of a Woman off the yeah, ground. mind-bending. Yes. I think he had the property or something for a long time, or there was some type of uh, thing uh, thing with it. I can't remember. But he is, uh, you know, he, well, he's also a producer on The Visitor. Did you see that right there, Todd? So, <laughs> so I'm not surprised by that after I saw this movie now. Mm. <laughs> this movie uh-huh. this movie is uh it it's almost indescribable in some ways. Um I guess the the easy way to talk about this movie would be is that it's essentially a a uh, an exorcist ripoff. Indeed. And oddly, this movie only cost about uh $350,000 to make. $10. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, it feels like $10, but it cost $350,000 to make. But this movie made $30 million at the box office. <sighs> you want to talk about another mind-blowing uh, factoid? <laughs> yeah. That would be it. It was a it was a worldwide hit, uh which explains why there's a Beyond the Door 2 and a Beyond the Door 3, mm-hmm. uh which we did not do a trilogy GGTMC on this. Uh Todd and I had neither seen this one. Uh Ever right? I don't think you'd seen this either, had you? I had not. I had not. I'd always seen pictures of it. I'd seen it uh, bandied about, mm-hmm. uh, but I had not ever actually seen it. I'm typically not a fan of these kind of movies. I, I like Rosemary's Baby. I-, I like The Exorcist. Don't get me wrong. I like these kind of films, but they religious horror or Satan horror, however you want to say it, this doesn't really do much for me. So I don't. I tend to not go down these paths much. So I think I may have avoided this one for two reasons. One, I don't really care for the genre, but two, I saw Asinitis' name on it, and I probably was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Exactly. I've, I've seen some of his other films, and I'm just not been a big fan. I, this couldn't be any better. What I will say about this movie, though, is this is it's special in that way that it is a true what-the-fuck movie. This is, Todd and I were kind of talking about it off the air. Uh, I've talked about it with some other friends. This movie is as nonsensical and bizarre <laughs> as any movie I've ever watched. I mean, it is it, it I mean it's upper echelon what the fuckery is going on in this thing. And I don't I don't even get it. Like I mean, like I wanted to talk about it because I just I don't understand what I'm watching. I don't get it. <laughs> so Right from the beginning. Well, this is avant-garde. Yeah, no, no, I don't know. I don't. I don't think this is avant-garde. I think this is straight. He's trying to play it straight down the middle, but he oh, doesn't. God, yeah. He doesn't know how. 
and it comes yeah, off yeah. with this really fucked up tone that is i think comedic sometimes <laughs> or if it is it's unpurposely so I, I i can't tell what he's going for anyway it's got a very strange opening uh and the kids in this movie are just a bunch of kids they just they, they don't i mean well i shouldn't say the kids because the little boy He's not really doing anything except trying to act. It's not a great performance, but he's just trying Dude, to hang in there. If you want, if you want to talk about unreality, I mean, that's that. These <laughs> yeah. two children, I mean, the, the, the two kids in this thing—they're total fucking cretins. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're they're they're, they're these two little potty mouth. You know, they do this potty mouth <laughs> bickering thing, which is supposed to be cute, but it's absolutely fucking grating. It really and is. This is the kind. Of, this is the kind of bad writing. That um, that portrays children as like small adults, and even then, uh, this doesn't get that right. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really help any that you know the the parents you know not only don't parent them, but seem to like actively dislike them mm-hmm. and children in general. Yes. These two people, the the Gabrielle Lavi and the the, the Juliet Mills uh, characters, but these two kids, holy fuck! If anybody anybody who has a problem with Giovanni Frezzi, Frezzi uh, <laughs> or Peter Bark or anybody needs to watch this movie because you will come away with a brand new dislike uh, of children uh, in, in general and yes. certainly in, uh, in in movies. Yes, this should be a deterrent for teenage teenagers who want to have sex. Dude, wrap that fucking rascal or you'll have these little pricks to fucking contend with. Yeah, these kids are terrible. And, oh my god! They're uh, the I, think, worst. I think little girl. I think she's reading love story. Am I right? Uh, yeah, yeah. But she has. But this, here's the thing. Here's the thing that she's got a million fucking copies of love story. Well, yeah, why does she, she like, have so many? A bag. Yeah. Why does she and have like, so many copies of love story? What the fuck was that? There's no explanation for it. But she's got like she literally has like a dozen copies of love story that she's fucking is packing. What? It, what the? It, you, you, yeah, I don't it, understand it's it. Mind blowing. How many fucking copies of love story do, do you need? Yes. Or, or Campbell's soup for that matter? What's with the Campbell's soup? This what that little fucking peckerhead kid. Yeah. He's sitting there drinking fucking Campbell's soup yeah. out of a can yeah. with a straw. I'm going to say the Campbell's soup thing might be the split pea soup joke. Might be an in joke for the split pea soup uh, exorcist. It thing. has to be. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't. I did not take notice of what kind he's actually drinking. Yes. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if time, I did either. But at the same time, just like what the fuck? Yeah, those are just some of the what the fuck moments. I mean, there's there's quite a bit. So we also got a record producer here, the husband character. Uh, oh, my God. So he's an interesting guy. He produces records, and there's a long extended scene of a song that I don't care Very about. Long. And this is play, he's played by Gabrielle Lavia. And yes. Gabrielle Lavia. Most people I know from uh, Zader. Yes. Yeah, he was in Zader. And uh, you've seen him in some other Italian films as well. But sure, Gab- sure, sure, sure. Gabrielle Lavia, um, he, he's going for it in this movie. He has some emotional acting. It's not great, but he, he, he does try. <laughs> And uh, Gabriel, he uh, he is a record producer who is both fascinated by fish and hit records, but he also likes to talk about jerking off. So it's it's a very strange character. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. Uh, I, I'm going to say that, and I'm giving Ovidio Essenitis way too much credit here, but I'm yeah, going to say probably. that he loves fish so much because fish is the one little small ecosystem he can control. Um. That's probably probably really oh, reaching Lord. at this point, but there is some uh, fish violence in this movie. So those who are uh, uh, averse to uh, real animal stuff, 
this is it holds true of Italian cinema. Uh, there's probably some real goldfish that passed away making this movie. Um, I would guarantee it. Yes, that is a hell of a fish tank blowing up or breaking scene. Um, yeah, so this movie comes out. Uh, Warner Brothers, I believe, sued them for plagiarism. <laughs> uh, what a shock. Warner Brothers won that lawsuit. They still ended up releasing this movie, and it still ended up making $30 million. So I don't know uh, how that all played out or if Warner Brothers got a cut of that, which they might have. Um, but again, like we talked about in the opening, it spawned two sequels, uh, none of which I'm assuming Todd and I have seen. We've just seen this one now. So uh, I saw the third one, I think. Is oh, really? Muck Train? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, if it has an alternate title, then if it is a Muck Train, With I've Bo seen Svensson? Okay, well, I've seen a Muck Train. So I, I, yeah. I guess I have seen a Beyond the Door movie. So there you go. But I didn't know that was Beyond the Door 3. I thought that was a muck train, uh, which is an amazing title, a muck train. Yeah, but it's a shit movie. It is. The uh, the uh, I'm just moving on from that. There's really nothing to talk about with a muck train. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. The, the, the weird thing about this movie, uh, well, not just the one weird thing, but there's several weird things. But one of the things about this movie is this movie is heavily, heavily padded. With scenes oh of characters God, walking around. Yes. There is so much walking in this. I mean, dude, I, I think this might hold the record in some way of characters walking around uh, and just <laughs> not doing anything. Just walking around thinking pensively about their, their situation. Every character in this movie, it seems like, takes a moment, uh, sometimes five moments, to walk around. And it's, well, it's so padded. Okay, let's let's let's, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. So Go ahead. there's 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 the 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 um, extensive scene of uh, Lavi uh, getting you know assaulted by street musicians, uh, one of whom is playing a flute with his his nose. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen and, in cinema history uh, street thugs who play nose flute. That's a, that's dude, a new one. It for is. Me. It is. This is. It goes on forever, and it's absolutely. It is both sublime and kind of dull at the same time. And you're just watching. It and you're just like, I can't believe and, that this. They actually fucking put this in the movie. Yeah, and I, and I'm watching that thinking it can't get more fucked up than this, and yet it does. <laughs> it does indeed. <laughs> He is getting assaulted. Yes, folks, you heard that correctly. He is getting assaulted by two street toughs who decide yeah. that playing the flute with their nose, one of them does anyway. The other one's playing a drum, maybe? They're going to bongo-fy him or whatever. <laughs> I don't I don't know what the fuck these the guys here is. are clearly aside into, from aside from you know being a, an assault on good taste. This I mean, might be this, this might be why I almost played Jethro Tull earlier. I didn't even realize it, <laughs> but this might have been <laughs> right? in the All back that of my flute. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, I could have busted out my fucking piccolo and fucking done a better job. <laughs> it is a bizarre scene, but so to to I'm I'm bringing up all this walking because what we got here is we got Haley Mills who's pregnant. Her pregnancy is accelerating, so we know something's not right. Juliet Mills. Oh, Juliet Mills. I'm sorry, not Haley Mills. My apologies. Uh, get my Mills mixed up. General Mills. General okay. Mills. There we go. The cereal. I would eat a bowl of it. The she's walking around. She figures out some things as well but she can't quite figure out what's going on as is often the case in these movies she's got some kind of wacky pregnancy going on she doesn't know what's happened and so now we get a scene with her walking around now again we've had gabrielle walking around we've had dimitri the richard johnson the double dick joke guy we've had him walking around and then we've had dimitri following gabrielle we've had uh 
all this kind of walking. And now we get a scene of her walking around. And the scene of her walking around holds a special place in my heart because I don't understand for the life of me what happens in this scene. And it is truly one of the great, in my opinion, what the fuck scenes of all time. She's walking around. She just left the psychiatrist or this obstetrician's office, whatever. She's walking around. The music's playing. She picks, She comes upon a banana peel on the ground and I'm thinking okay in true Italian fortune uh you know in fashion she's gonna slip on this or something maybe going to the hospital hey. maybe the baby will be accelerated yeah, no. blah 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 now no, what no, she does no. is she picks up the banana peel and starts gorging on it <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything with anything in the movie anything you with can't anything in reality it's you not, can, this is completely untethered you cannot reality. yeah you cannot explain this away in any way shape or form <laughs> even me going with the fish tank thing i talked about a little while ago i can't even come up with something to describe the only why this thing happens. the only thing that makes any sort of sense in my mind when i saw that scene aside from well i, I should say this i almost gagged watching it oh so, yeah. it was gross so, but that's, I think, I think that was the point. I think that uh, they were filming the fucking, they were doing a scene where she comes out of the fucking office and they saw this thing on the street. And uh, Asenida said, hey, we want to make the people get sick with the, the thing, with the, you know, the vomit. We want people vomiting in the theater or whatever. Whatever the fuck he sounds like, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> this is my best Greek accent that he's, I got. He's still around. Horrible, he's still around. He's still kicking out there. And I, I guarantee, I would almost guarantee fucking to you. They saw this thing on the street, and it, it clicked in his head that this will make somebody fucking puke if I fucking show you eating this banana off the street. <laughs> and so they put it in there just because. Yes. I, I would I would my I would swear I would put on a stack of Bibles I would say that that was why he did it. It have to be because otherwise it doesn't and, and it doesn't make any right. sense. Yeah, I mean I because, don't because the whole the whole, part of the part of the whole fucking part of the the country the world's fascination with the Exorcist was that people were puking in the fucking aisles and running out of the theater and passing out and everything else. Yeah. Well, what am I going to do to fucking top that? I'm going to have her eat a fucking street banana. <laughs> Which. <laughs> <laughs> Which that sounds dirtier than it is, but yeah. well, actually, I'd rather see my my vision of a street banana <laughs> is much more pleasant than what I get to see in this movie. Oh, it really is. My vision of a street banana is something out of a porn movie. This this is worse, buddy. Street bananas back then were all hairy and fucking <laughs> yeah. pockmarked. But I'd rather see that street banana than this <laughs> grotesque uh, regular <laughs> banana that I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to describe the scene is it's repulsive. It's just repulsive. Oh, it is. I mean, it it, is. I mean, it's not as repulsive as divine eating dog shit, but I mean, at the same time, it's, uh, it's close. It's close. It's just gross, and it's not because it's a rotten banana peel. It's just because what the fuck? I mean, it 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 does nothing for the character. It does nothing for the movie, and it's amazing. Uh, and I, I know I sound like I'm I'm shitting on it, and I sort of am. But at the same time, I'm like I'm in love with it because I'm like, who has yeah. the balls to put this on in the movie and keep it in the movie because it it doesn't belong. Yeah. And then to think that this movie made thirty million dollars, ten times its budget is just blows <laughs> my mind. Oh my god! There's another director credited on this movie, Robert. It and I don't I don't know how he's credited I I don't know if he's credited in the sense that maybe he Americanized some of the movie or did something 
I never saw anything in the trivia or anything that kind of justified it, or I didn't look very far into it. But I would say most of it falls. Nor should on, you? Yeah, I would say most of it falls on a video because it's it's just such a bizarre thing that now. So the character of uh, Julia Mills, she's she plays uh, Jessica Jessica Barrett, and Jessica is uh, and Robert Barrett is also the name of the character. Oh, that's interesting. So he's a director, quote unquote. Plus, he's also a character in the movie. Hmm. I wonder, wonder what that's all about. Anyway, um, the Barretts. Uh, so she's going to go through with this pregnancy, even though she's kind of been warned things are a bit off, things are strange. But things get stranger. Um, the uncomfortable Italian incest moment uh, in this movie also. There is a moment where she longingly looks at her son and gives him a longer than normal kiss on the lips i would say mm-hmm. uh again another italian cinema moment that you're just like wow they really <laughs> don't hold back when it comes to these moments and you're just like what is going on and it, it none of it makes sense yeah you can't tie the banana peel to the kissing of the kid <laughs> you, you can't do it you, you can't tie any of this to 25 copies of love story you can't yeah. tie any of this to a toy car, although they try. You can't tie any of this to anything because this yeah, movie. Yeah, a fucking car. Th- oh my god! This movie is so nonsensical that the only reason Stupid. why it's entertaining is because it's nonsensical. It's otherwise, it's not even a movie. It's 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 a it's it's basically just a big piece of trash, and and I, I mean this in the best way. It's it's a trash movie. But what makes it special is that it's nonsensical. It makes it watchable because I got to be honest, if the, if this movie was serious, this would be one of the worst movies we've ever covered. Uh, <laughs> I think the only reason why I was entertained by this is because repeatedly throughout the movie, I kept looking around for somebody to say what the fuck to. I kept yeah. looking around yeah, for yeah. somebody to say, did I just see that? Did this just happen? Oh, my God, did that just happen? <laughs> I kept looking around for moments like that. And even when it gets to the end, I mean, when it gets to the back end of the movie and you get the exorcism scene, which is played kind of like most exorcism scenes, but also kind of not. Now, the exorcist itself was not afraid to offend. It has obviously probably one of the most influential offensive moments of all time in it uh, with the crucifix and everything else. It's it's still to this day, it's quite shocking. Uh, I'd seen it when we reviewed the films, uh, I don't know, a handful of years back, and I still am quite shocked that they managed to get away with that in a Hollywood movie um, to this day. I mean, it's it's quite shocking to me. Um, this movie, it doesn't try to one-up it, but it also doesn't try to uh, go too far away from the shocks. I actually thought, though, from all the other moments I had seen in the movie, that I thought that this was going to be the craziest uh, stick-your-hands-in-a-vagina scene that I was ever going to see. It turns out to be pretty tame, but it's there. The The shock value is there. You don't see any nudity. I don't think there's any nudity in the movie whatsoever. Uh, uh, no. Well, I don't think there I think is. At, the, at the beginning there is. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe there is, yeah. Maybe there is a little bit in the beginning. That's right. But I, I, nothing really truly shocked me uh, except for the nonsensicalness of the whole thing. And, you know, I, I will say, though, the... The sound of the possessed uh, Julia Mills, I liked. Uh, the bedroom, though, that she's in is the most drab, 
and boring bedroom. Yeah. And really adds yeah. no elements to the character. I know that sounds silly to say, but these exorcism people possessed in a bed movies, okay? Uh, there's a string of these things, all because of the exorcist. And what I always remember about the exorcist is I always remember the set design, the, uh, the old school kind of uh, Victorian townhouse, you know, bedroom. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which I think is a character in and of itself. But I remember that. But this one has this the most plain walls and a bed that even Ikea would think was simple. And it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty drab and pretty boring. I'll give it to Juliette Mills, okay? She goes all out in this movie. I'll give her credit. This is a bad movie with a a dedicated performance. I'm not going to say a good performance. I'll say a dedicated performance. She gives it everything she can. I just think Ovidio doesn't know how to handle it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does indeed. Because she she's left to hang out to dry quite a bit here. And there's some wacky-ass moments from her in this movie. <laughs> and uh, she tries. I mean, she tries. She tries to hold it together, and I just don't think she can. And you're the end of this movie by the time you get to the exorcism scene and there's a car going into the ocean and all these things happening and then they do this wrap-up scene on a ferry yeah and yeah, yeah. you get a really nice closing shot but it's also another moment of what the fuck what the fuck am i watching <laughs> and so it's one of these reviews that we do every now and then where i watch a movie and i really don't know how I feel about the movie because to me the movie's not really much of a film. It's more of a right. a series of I want to impress you with what I can do with movie making and it just kind of right, comes right, right. off as what the fuck are you doing, dude? I mean it's 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 so nonsensical and bizarre. I mean it just I I, I can't it's hard to even put it into words. Um uh, so if you're interested in that, if you're listening to this show and you think I really want to see something that's fucked up well, then, boy, do I have the movie for you. Because this movie right here is the definition, in my opinion, of a fucked up movie. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I can't think of a better explanation for it than that. I don't know if you can, but that's I mean, that's all the notes I got. This movie is fucked up. I had a good time watching it, though. I'll say that. I watched it in one setting. I enjoyed the entire yeah. time I watched it. I have no idea why I liked it. <laughs> I cannot explain this to you other than... I think it's because I saw things I never thought I'd ever see. Well, it it does have that. Yeah, it does have the experience piece of it down. Um, but I mean, I, okay. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna dig in here, and I'm probably gonna, I'm absolutely uh, gonna give this thing more um, credibility than I think it deserves. But I'm gonna do it regardless. Uh, so yeah, the movie starts off with this a very like uh, Malcolm McDowell esque monologue uh, in the person of Satan. Uh, telling us how this is all just a movie, basically. And on the one hand, <laughs> uh, for me, this was very, very reminiscent of, uh, I think it was Edmund O'Brien uh, at the opening of James Whale's Frankenstein. Um, you know, the whole theatricality uh, aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, on, the other, on the other hand, uh, I think that this also feels like a misstep because it, it derails uh, any fear that the film may, uh, you know, heavy emphasis on the word may, uh, generate by distancing itself totally from reality and yes. yeah like we've been saying i mean this movie is is as a completely unrelated to reality as it's possible to be mm-hmm. uh, now i could say you could say that uh this is like a hallmark uh of italian genre cinema and i think that you'd be right in that aspect um and this picture this picture is is certainly that i mean 
you know, the kid drinking Campbell's soup, you know, out of a can with a straw is pure fantasy, obviously. Um, you know, but of course, uh, just about everything and everyone in this movie references the devil in some way, uh, from, you know, Gabriel Lavi's uh, shithead music producer on, uh, because that was the trend towards the occult prop, uh, you know, the, the whole popularity of the cult thing back then. Um, so yeah, I mean, to avoid unsuccessfully, obviously, uh, getting sued by the producers of the exorcist, uh, this movie, uh, transfers the possession to a grown woman. Uh, and you know, this then allows them or should allow them, uh, to be much more graphic about all the blasphemy and the physicality of the role. Uh, and yet they never, they, I don't think they ever totally go for it. I mean, like you, you mentioned, uh, you, you have that element there. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it, they just never, they never go as far as they could, or like you would think that they would in doing what they did. Uh, if that makes any kind of a uh, sense, which I mean, trying to, put sense on this movie is really kind of nonsensical but regardless <laughs> yeah. um yeah but you know by, by making by making the uh, the julia mills character of uh, preggers uh it, it i think that it turns the emphasis away from uh the exorcist uh, corruption of youth angle to the corruption by youth uh and i think that the movie then kind of plays on uh, this concern of parents, not only for the child, because mm -hmm. uh, the 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 Jessica character asks if the baby will be, you know, quote unquote abnormal, yeah. uh, but about what the baby will do, um, in like a more uh, self concerned sort of way. And of course, uh, with with children, basically, you know, they're basically little alien beings, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and the children here, you know being even more alien than most, these two kids, the Ken and Gale uh, characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is only really emphasized uh, in the most blunt manner possible. Yeah. Um, and then what I, what I kind of found a little bit interesting was that uh, Jessica talks about getting an abortion, something that was not really discussed mm. um, on the regular in, uh, in American movies. And usually that sort of thing was reserved for more serious dramatic fare. Mm -hmm. uh, mm. And, you know, she says... The Jessica character also says that you know she just wants to sail away rather than face what's going what you know what she's going through, uh, and you know I, I I kind of at this point in the movie because I hadn't totally <laughs> I hadn't totally um, uh, unlocked it I think uh, I was I was maybe thinking that you know the whole movie is just Jessica's the Jessica character's break from reality maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe um, it's I certainly somebody's. It's somebody's break well, from reality. It is absolutely somebody's break from reality. Uh, but you know, the, the movie does uh, follow Asinitis's credo of you know, if one thing is good, then ten are better. Uh, <laughs> yes. So you know, Jessica doesn't just float. You know, she floats while standing vertically. And if you know, if if some pea soup vomit is good, then let's throw a couple gallons yeah. of it on the actors. Well, she floats uh, while standing vertically, but she also floats with her legs spread wide open, which is also a times hey. ten moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I mean, as far as filmmaking goes, uh, I think that this is f mildly solid. Uh, it's very of its time. Well, it's interesting. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know how solid it is, but it's certainly interesting, and it's not terrible. Well, I mean, Asenite is certainly he loves the jump cuts and double exposures and the slow sure, motion. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it, it, that just being of its time, I think, is more. Um, more of it than being competent, let's say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, if if the exorcist kind of pushed the boundaries, then I think uh, that uh, Beyond the Door breaks them. 
uh, and not necessarily, I think, in a good way, like we've been saying, because I, I don't think that this movie's a story or characters or anything are all that compelling by themselves. Yeah. Um, which you know we kind of have come to uh, accept or expect, uh, and certainly from you know what it feels uh, like Italian, Italian ripoff cinema. Of the yeah, you know what it feels like. It feels like he saw The Exorcist and didn't get it. That's very possible. <laughs> that is absolutely very possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. So what he does is he relies on the uh, the the deliriousness, right? Yes. So you get that you get that very very um, that very unmotherly. Uh, kiss between Jessica and Ken, oh, or, or maybe it's very motherly, depending on your uh, your kink. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there are videos, um, and you know the, the scene where the, the the kids' room is is shaken is just flat out ludicrous. Uh, but that being said, you know a video does have a more economical way to do the uh, the head spinning trick uh, than Frid, uh, Fridkin Friedkin and uh, and Dick Smith uh, came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, a little bit of credit where it's due, I guess. Uh, even though it's it's so fucking ridiculous, it's not even funny. Um, what else? Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, th- yeah. So Richard Johnson, when he does show up, um, and just like in Zombie, he's kind of the exposition character. Uh, in as much as I think Italian horror movies, you know, ever went in for exposition, uh, and that's kind of what he does throughout the thing. And he does this. He does the. He has a couple scenes where he does this like inner torment dialogue with Satan, where they're just um, weird. Which in the context of this movie is really, really saying something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that by that same token, the movie somehow manages to die uh, in the uh, the last forty or so minutes, which is when it kind of uh, I noticed it. It kind of divides its attention. Uh, and I, I think that it, it somehow inexplicably, uh, manages and well, I'm, I'm sure that if you actually pulled this thing apart, like a sticky bun, you could figure it out. But, um, the movie manages to make the possession scenes, uh, from, from like the last, you know, the 40, well, not the 40 minute, yeah, from about the 40 minute mark on makes all of these scenes kind of dull. And the ending is quite simply put, absolutely goofy. Um, we're, we're, we're shown things, we're shown things that have no anything to anything. Oh my uh, and, and, and then they're just dropped and yes. it's just, uh, and then they, 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 oh my God. And then they circle back around and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. So, yeah. It's one of those movies where, you know, I, I think watching it in a crowd of, you know, film fans would be kind of fun. But not not like in an Andy Sedaris kind of way. It'd be kind yeah, of like no, no. It kind of you know like I could see me sitting around with you know friends, you and I think that you Troy have to be folks. plastered to appreciate this yeah. movie. Yeah, I think you have to be in the process of going there. You, oh, yeah, you at least yeah, have yeah. to be in the process. Yeah, yeah, yes, because it, it's it's difficult to sit through. Uh, I I keep I I keep wanting to compare it to the Manitou, but the Manitou at least had Michael Ansara. The Mantu's, um, the Mantu's entertaining as well. I mean, it's at least entertaining. Well, there's that. Yeah. And this, I mean, <laughs> but, I mean it, it, this is entertaining sort of, only in the bizarro yeah. realm of uh, of uh, occultism or mysticism or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. But this thing is, it's just so. Wow. For anybody who I, because I know that you know people lost their shit over the visitor uh, a few years back. Um, for anybody who lost their shit over the visitor, you might want to check out Beyond the Door. 
Yes. Uh, because it is 100% in line with that movie. Yes. Uh, if not more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, it's, oh, wow. It is, it is mind-melting, this yeah. thing is. Yeah, it and is. Just how shockingly ridiculous uh, it is and how shockingly unconcerned it is with anything having to do with movies. Yes. It's just, it's wild. And yet at the same time, it's totally indebted to yeah. movies. Yeah. Because and, it is, it's a movie about movies. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because all these things we're saying could be negative, but oddly the movie is very watchable. And it's, I don't, I don't well, get that up to a point up to a point of this. And then, like I said, I mean, like the, that last, that last 40 minutes was a slog for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's not perfect, but I, I'm just saying I was able to watch it and I, I get, I don't know. Well, yeah, I'll end up revisiting this because I'll end up showing it to somebody. <laughs> because but, yeah, well, because you can't believe that you fucking, yeah. that what you saw is what you saw. Like you got to see this. You get, you're not going to, this is going to blow you away, but I don't know oh, that yeah. I would watch it on my own. If that makes sense. Uh, that absolutely does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, is that everything you got? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, what else can you say? I, it, you just you have to. It, it is. It's some one of those things that you just have to see to believe. Yeah, it's a total what the fuck movie. Total what. It the fuck. really, really, really is. Uh, make or break, make or break for me. I'm gonna go with. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the assault by nose flutist, flautist, <laughs> flautist. Yes. Yeah. I know that sounds like a ridiculous thing to mention, but this movie is actually, you know what? I'm going to go back. My make or break is going to be the scene where she walks around and picks up the banana peel because at that point, (laughs) you're just like, what in the, I mean, if the nose flautist wasn't enough and the bongo drummer, now you got the rotten banana. What I I also like about that scene, I didn't bring it up when we talked about the first time, is that she kind of looks around like she's kind of embarrassed about what she's getting ready to do. You totally, dude. You totally are sitting there thinking Juliet Mills is fucking just red faced, yeah. thinking about what this is doing to her career. Yes, yes. Hint: not a lot of good things. Yeah, and there's actually some trivia behind the scenes where it says she was, uh, she had the chance to take points on the back end for the money, but she took money up and front, she and she didn't. And of course, then this movie goes on to be a huge hit, and she lost a lot of money on that, and then. Oh. A video, a video. Obviously, he didn't even think it was that good a movie, and he didn't put his original. He put his uh, pseudonym on it at first, pseudonym, and then it became a hit. And then, of course, he once it became a hit, he came out and said it was him that directed it. So, this movie's just got all kinds of sly cheesiness to it. Um, but you know, whatever. But that scene is the make or break. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Juliet Mills for the MVT, not Ocidio, Ovidio, not Ocidio, Asinitis. Oh, video. Um, I'm going to go with her because she, like I said, she goes for it in this movie. And I got to give her credit for that because I think it's pretty brave. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. It's bizarre and not a not a great performance, but, man, she lets herself hang out there, literally. Oh, yeah. yeah she does. Uh, I'll give this movie a 6 out of 10. Um, that's above Whew. average. I mean, that might be kind of high, but I got to say the what-the-fuck moments are so prevalent that I smiled often and it it's it's truly one of the more bizarre experiences I've had watching a movie for this show in some time uh and I'm thankful for that I, like last week I said I was thankful for little Rita in the West this week I'm thankful for whatever the fuck I just watched was <laughs> <laughs> 
All righty. So, okay. So, uh, make or break for me is it, it's going to be the first scene with the Ken and Gale. Uh, the precociousness thing overload that they get into will, I think, make most people either want to vomit or punch these two motherfuckers right in the face. Uh, I know I wanted to do both at the same time. Um, MVT, uh, I am going to go with Asinitis on this one. Uh, I think that the guy, he had a bizarre knack for delivering on screen, uh, and again, I'm going to use this word, deliriousness, uh, wrapped in a ripoff. And he certainly does that here, uh, for better or worse. Uh, and the score for me is I'm lower than you on this one, uh, for, you know, to nobody's surprise. I'm a five out of 10. Mm. Um, okay. as fascinated as I am with this thing, I cannot say that it's good. Uh, and it's definitely something that should be watched in an altered state. Um, because I think that that's the only way that you will be able to make any kind of sense of it or may have any kind of, um, rationale for why this is in your life, uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, and I, am I glad that I picked it? Yeah, yeah I'm glad that I, can, oh, I'm, I picked I'm, it I'm, because I mean, yeah. if, if nothing else, if nothing else, uh, I could say that I lived through this. Yes. No, no, I, so, I, I would wear this, yeah, I would wear this movie as a badge of honor. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. As bad as it is, I would wear this movie as a badge of honor to say that I have seen it and I am glad I have seen it now. I'm, I, I would agree with you. Because it is so bonkers. And how this thing made $30 million, no clue. There, it, tell, it tells me there's fans of, of this. motherfuckers. It tells me there's fans out there of this, and I'd like to hear their interpretation of this thing. <laughs> I really would. All right. That's our thoughts on Beyond the Door. Uh, that's the big show for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to come back and talk about some more stuff. What are you picking next week, Todd? My nose. Uh, uh, yes. No. Well, yes, but no. Uh, I am picking uh, In the Mouth of Madness uh, from oh, John nice. Carpenter, 1994. Yeah. Uh, I had to kind of rinse the taste of the, this movie out of my mouth. So Nice. And nice. thusly, I did. A little Carpenter action. We haven't had a Carpenter on for a while, I think. Well, yeah, no, actually, it's been a while. Didn't, didn't we, what was the last one we did? Prince of Darkness, maybe? Vampires. Vampires. That's Vampires. right. Vampires. I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it'd be fun to go back to the world of John Carpenter. It's always a good place to visit. Um, Indeed. And I decided to go with a, a John myself as well. How about that? Two Johns. We got three Johns mm -hmm. next week. Three Johns. <laughs> we got uh, John Carpenter. We got John Travolta. And we got John Woo. So next week, uh, I'm going to pick uh, Face Off. So you might be wondering why I picked this. Well, it's been coming up in conversation a lot lately with uh, Troy and Brad over at the Not A Bomb show. Uh, I've been talking about it and we've been kind of talking about it behind the scenes and I realized I'd only ever seen it one time and I didn't love it the first time I saw it. Never really gave it a chance on a rewatch or anything. So I feel like, you know, it's time to give it a shot. See what's going on. See if, uh, if I was, I mean, me. yeah. And I know you liked it the first time you saw it. So I'm, I'm curious. I don't know how many, how many times you've seen it? Uh, quite a few. Okay. More than I probably. I'll be honest. Okay. Well, I'm interested to check it out again. Uh, uh, that's one of the things I love about doing the show is that I get an excuse to go back and watch something that I just have a real curiosity to kind of go back and look at critically. And uh, this is one that I want to look at again. So that's what we'll be doing. Face off and in the mouth of madness. Should be a lot of fun. A lot of Johns. 
a lot of John talk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We hope you enjoyed the show. As always, you know, support those labels out there that uh, are putting this stuff out, such as Arrow and everybody else. And yeah, send us in some feedback. Yeah, do that whenever you want to. Uh, that's always great. We love that too. And uh, yeah, I'll say adios. Adios. Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com and you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com.